In this series, we'll hear some truly inspiring stories from people supported by social care charity Community Integrated Care and how the Rugby League World Cup 2021 has changed their lives for the better. Put it the words, just how proud I am of them. That kind of person, what I am today, it makes the community better. When my family couldn't be more proud of them, me. Every single day it was the thing, no matter how difficult it was, even through the pandemic and delaying the tournament by a year, literally brightened my day. A dream's come true, and I'm just so happy. Episode one then, a world of inclusion. So let's start with the Rugby League World Cup Inclusive Volunteering Programme, which you've probably heard loads about. And the man behind it all is John Hughes from Community Integrated Care. So he's joined me now. So John, what actually is the Inclusive Volunteering Programme then? I work for Community Integrated Care, which is one of the biggest charities in the UK. And we support some amazing people every single day. And while you see the amazing moments that social care can bring to people, you also see how equal society can be. And you've got some brilliant people who just require an opportunity, but often are overlooked, unseen, and not given that helping hand that they need. And this is about how do you use an amazing sport, an inclusive sport in rugby league? How do you use a world-class event to give people a platform to find and fulfil their potential? How do you have a team that cares about people, working with people to get to know who they are and who they can be, and use that event to give people skills and opportunities that last a lifetime? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. And you know what? We'll delve into kind of all of these projects throughout the podcast. But some of these projects, they're making a real impact on people's lives and leaving a lasting legacy, aren't they? Yeah, from people doing real individual projects to things that are as significant as creating an advisory group that's helping the Rugby League World Cup to make sure that it's one of the most inclusive events ever. It's all about how do you use people's talents, people's lived experiences and giving people a platform to fulfil their goals and dreams and aspirations. So if we take, for example, the advisory group, people who've had a lived experience of maybe life not being inclusive to them, maybe not being treated in the way that you'd want to be treated, instead of seeing it as a defect, using that as an absolute superpower, using that experience to make sure that this big global event is as inclusive as it can possibly be, working with the tournament organisers to make sure that the voices of disabled people and the voices who might need some support are really heard and really listened to in their planning. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually, the advisory group, a world first in professional sport, wasn't it? And I I was able to catch up with James and Ben from the advisory group, alongside Kelly from Community Integrated Care, to find out a bit more about it. The purpose of the advisory group was to give our Rugby League World Cup volunteers a meaningful volunteering role, but to also support the Rugby League World Cup team in making the tournament fully inclusive. And the aim of the advisory group was to use their lived experience to share it with the Rugby League World Cup team so that they could make the tournament more inclusive to ensure that it captured a new audience. We'd meet once a month and we'd all talk through different aspects of the game. We were thinking at the time somebody new coming into the game who doesn't know the game might not understand the rules. So they've got some sort of guidebook or handbook to read through before they went to a match in effect? Well, for me, it was like, don't let disability stop you from attending sports, really, because a lot of the people might think, oh, well, it's not going to be very accessible. Do I really want to go there? It it might be loud. I might not like it. But that was, for me, it was to encourage people to like attend more sports, really. 
and to get my confidence up as well with volunteering. I went to uh, one of the wrestling events before and it wasn't very well organised. Like they didn't have like a good buddy system. Like they were telling people to go the wrong way. And yeah, it was just, I, it put me off. With this, if you have the guide, you need all that information, especially for someone coming in because we put maps in it of the stadiums, of the venues, transport and the best way to get there. And then we were discussing about having a buddy system as well and a quiet room. So if they get to overwhelmed there's a place where they can go and just have a little time to themselves you mentioned about a buddy system but what what does that actually mean if when they go to the ground or the stadium that that particular person would be assigned to them so if they needed help finding the way to the seats or where the toilets are something that that person would take them when people are purchasing tickets, is there a, an easy system like a traffic light system which can be in place, which will give you an idea of if you are purchasing tickets in a noisy area, if you are overwhelmed by loud noises, is it better if we get you a green ticket, which is in a quieter place? We, we use experiences as well. So the guys have all been to different games or different events. So they've used their own visual experience and completed match day assessment. They've mentioned things like simple signage to make it easier for people with disabilities to know what they need to know because sometimes it's really difficult. It has to be clear. It has to be visible. The stewards play a massive role. Talk about like accessibility hosts for wheelchair users who would come and take our drinks orders so that the game's not missed. To actually have a voice and to put ideas forward that potentially could be implemented to try and improve the experience for people with disabilities, it makes you feel valued and it makes you feel proud and it makes you feel like you're doing something really worthwhile and important. I think one of my favourite quotes from our sessions has been yours, Ben, and it was, you felt like you had a voice and you had a place. To advise a World Cup team is amazing, whoever you are, but to, to do it with a disability and actually share your experiences. Whether everything's implemented, it doesn't sort of make a difference. The difference that's being made is you're making people take notice now and they are listening. I can't put it into words just how proud I am of them. The ideas that they bring have substance, they have value. It's not just about being a group that advises. It's about social connection, if you like, with one another, getting to know one another, about building confidence, developing communication skills, working as a team, things that can transition beyond the World Cup. They should be really, really proud of themselves and give themselves a pat on the back. So that's just one example of how the inclusive volunteering programme is leaving a lasting legacy. But what about the experiences that are being created, the memories that are being made and how they help change the narrative of people with learning disabilities, John? One of the amazing things about a global tournament, like the Rugby League World Cups gives you, is that it's an amazing mirror to reflect back the lives of the people we support to wider society. So in the Rugby League World Cup, we've got the chance to give people opportunities to develop their skills and make friendships and be part of these incredible projects. But you can also really visibly show the importance of inclusion. And you know, one example that I really always point to is the fact that Aaron is the face of the Rugby League World Cup finals tickets. So Aaron's had the opportunity to develop his skills behind the camera, to be part of our media projects, to be part of some really important programmes that have been about developing his self-confidence. But he's also visibly the face of the World Cup. All those thousands of people who are going to be going to Old Trafford and to the convention centre in Manchester to see the men's, women's and wheelchair finals. And that's an amazing moment in Aaron's life. 
know, to be the face of the World Cup is something you will never, ever forget. It's something that no one can ever take away from you. But hopefully it also gives this really positive message to society. And I think it's a really important message because sadly this year, disability hate crimes have risen by 44%. And whilst in the World Cup, people listening to this podcast are going to be hearing some of the best of the world. You know, people who absolutely care about people and people who see people's absolute talent and potential. We also live in a world where other people don't. And I think by the fact that the World Cup has so visibly embraced inclusion in such an authentic way and giving people that chance to shine in a really unforgettable way is incredible. Yeah, too right. And, and what I love about the Inclusive Volunteering Programme as well is that obviously you've got people who've grown up loving rugby league uh, who are part of it and it's making dreams come true, but then also people who don't know anything about rugby league, but yet it's still leaving a massive impact on their lives. But you mentioned Aaron, he is a big rugby league fan. And he was actually telling me about growing up as as a Bradford Bulls fan and what it was like modelling on the pitch at Oddsall Stadium. So here's Aaron. Growing up as a Bradford fan, going to Oddsall, so watch players like Leon Price, Robbie Paul. I was there when Vinicolo scored Nine tries <laughs> in the playoff match against Hull. Hey, I can't even remember that, but you've, you are bringing back all the memories for me. I absolutely loved it. And did you go to like the Challenge Cup finals and all of that? Yes. But every single <laughs> time we've gone to a cup final, my dad's always got the ticket where we've been sat with the opposite team's fans. <laughs> when we beat Leeds, my dad said, do not celebrate when we score. <laughs> but what did I do? Celebrated. Celebrated at the end. Then some of the Leeds fans gave me money for being the loudest Bulls fan there. Did they? <laughs> yes. Growing up, I was always picked on for being different. So I would always react in the wrong way. I could always get into fights. I'd always hit people common names. But as I got older, got more able to uh, cope with it better. Now, if anyone said anything about my disability, I would probably say I would rather be different than be like you. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself, mate, to be honest. You bang on there. Now, Ben Berry, as the sports inclusion specialist for Yorkshire Community Integrated Care, you helped facilitate this, didn't you? So how did this opportunity come about for Aaron? The Rugby League World Cup team got in touch and said, They'd love someone to be on the Rugby League World Cup final ticket who was a supporter of Bradford and maybe had a really close connection to Ossel. And it didn't take me long to think of Aaron. You're a massive Rugby League fan. You grew up with Rugby League and then all of a sudden you're on the pitch at a stadium you went to nearly every week as a kid and you're modelling for a World Cup. I mean, how did that feel? I mean, it felt amazing. Actually being able to walk on the grass at Oddsall. And so when you were on the pitch, what did you have to do? So we had to get some pictures taken. We then did an interview and a camera guy got us to take some pictures with a family. I had to rest my, my arm on some random guy's shoulder, which is not... Feel a bit awkward. <laughs> and then we got given a free top, a free ball, and some free trackies as well. 
how does that feel that, you know, that thousands and thousands of people will be holding tickets with you on it? Well, my family couldn't be more prouder than me. And my friends are the same. And I'm really proud to see how much I've come on in the last few years. Because years ago, like 10 years ago, I would have said no to getting my picture taken. I would have said no to volunteering. I mean, I feel like because of the person with a learning display and autism on a ticket, the rugby leagues come a bit more inclusive. I've been seen as equals by the rugby league. That was amazing to hear that, Ross. To hear someone living the dream, that that's everything that you do the job for, and it sort of justifies all the hard work that everyone's putting into the programme. Yeah, I agree. And, and listening to it, what it must be like as a big Bradford Bulls fan to, to go onto that pitch and model for the tickets of the World Cup final. It is what dreams are made of, and you're a big part of that, John, so you should give yourself a big pat on the back for that. Yeah, we're changing lives in lots of different ways, but what I'd say is the consistent theme is that we're changing people's lives through the talents and experiences and dreams of the people who are volunteering in that programme. So if I can give one example of many projects where the volunteers have done something they're passionate about but made a bigger difference to other people. We had a group of people who'd experienced the disability hate crime that I'd talked about earlier. Our charity runs a learning disability super league programme. We'd seen that the people who were afraid to get public transport to training sessions and rightly so because they'd had some terrible experiences. They wouldn't be out in the communities between three and four o'clock because that was when schools were leaving. The everyday community access that we take for granted had sort of been taken away from them because how people had treated them and how people had regarded them. And you see how that cascades through so many other moments of their life. Tell me a bit more about the work that Community Integrated Care has developed in tackling discrimination and providing education in the community. So one programme I wanted to do with some of those individuals was, let's have a response, let's do a response together. Created a programme called On The Same Team. And the whole idea is that you're educating young people to see the best in each other. So it's not around any specific form of any characteristic. It's more saying every human has value. Every person has talent. Every person is someone to respect and sort of embrace. So how did you make this happen then? And what's been the result of this? So we worked with some of the players in the Learning Disability Super League to capture their feelings around inclusion. And we used the acting talents of Oliver Thomason, who is such a brilliantly charismatic person, we created this school assembly that's fun and it's interactive and it gives kids the ability to reflect on what type of classroom they want to be part of and what type of world they want to be part of. About 20,000 young children sign up for that. And, you know, every single element of it was co-produced, even down to the media club helping us to film it with professional actors and professional production companies. So for us to utilise what, is obviously one of the most terrible experiences you can ever go through, being bullied because of who you are for a reason that should never, ever be there. And to channel that negative energy positively, to carry a really positive message to young people and draw on the acting talents and the media talents and the perspectives of the volunteers is just such a brilliant way to take people's talents and people's experiences and make a really lasting difference to society. And, I suppose what we're trying to do is end prejudice before it's formed. Let's see if we can stop future generations carrying these attitudes through. Yeah, that, that's such an important message. And 
Jodie Cunningham, England rugby league star and legend, she's been quite a big part of on the same team, hasn't she? And I was lucky enough to um, have a chat with her about it too, actually. So let's see what she had to say. It's basically about celebrating people's differences rather than pointing them out as a negative and, and doubting what people are capable of doing. It's all about supporting each other. Me and Oliver were part of a video that Dylan helped to film and, and produce where we were on the fields in St. Helens. And yeah, we were basically, so I was dressed all girly and then had to say that rugby league's not for girls and then jump in my kit and then my teammates had to tackle me, tackle me a little bit too hard for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver did the same. So Oliver was saying, you know, people with disabilities can't play rugby league and then switched and had his full Warrington kit on, which, he, you know, he looked brilliant in and he's so proud of. And he obviously is a rugby league player. He's a super league player. So it is all about celebrating those differences. So there's, there's assets and resources for schools and, and they've actually been out and done some delivery in schools as well. And it is just about educating young people that you can celebrate each other's differences and, and just to stop that. You know, young people sometimes don't understand why somebody's different or how to act around people, but it is just about not underestimating people, celebrating all the differences that we have and just being supportive and, and nice and caring with each other. And I couldn't think of a better person to explain that and showcase that than Oliver because you cannot doubt Oliver's absolute brilliance. He literally is one of my favourite people in the world. He just has me chuckling from the start to the end whenever we do anything together. He's the most natural performer I've ever seen. <laughs> and I just think that's something to absolutely celebrate. I'm so jealous of his ability to just not get nervous and be so social and lovely that they're things that I particularly am not great at. And I just learn from Oliver on a regular basis. And that's the type of things we want young people to see is that, you know, you can't underestimate people because of the differences. Actually, they end up being a super strength. And I know Oliver is absolutely a superhero in my eyes. So yeah, it's all, it's all just about that and educating young people really. So there's loads of resources available through that. Yeah. And how important do you think that is in terms of, you know, there's a real rise in in hate crime across the board, I think, particularly with young people, but also with people with disabilities and, and learning difficulties. So, so how important is it that we raise awareness of that, particularly in schools? It's really important because people can take advantage of those with learning or physical disabilities because of their vulnerabilities at times. And we need everybody to be aware of it so that of course, we wouldn't expect anyone themselves to do it or we'd hope people don't, but they can also be aware of it if they see it in others as well. And just be just be conscious that people may need that little bit of extra support and guidance because there are a lot of people who will take advantage of those that are a little bit more vulnerable. So I think it's incredibly important that we learn from a young age the right way to act and, and how to notice that in others as well. I just think it's it's really important and something we should all be aware of. Oh, do you know what? That is so lovely. I don't even know where to begin with Oliver, to be honest, because you probably already know who he is. He's been all over the World Cup. He's the World Cup Inclusion Ambassador. And he's also a paid employee of Community Integrated Care, isn't he, John? Yeah, not just a paid employee, but the first employee in my team. So when we built this department, which was all about how do you connect with people and change their lives through new projects and new ways of working, knew that I needed a really special character and knew that I needed someone who could work with people who, you know, maybe visualising a brighter future might be hard because of some of the lack of opportunities they've had. You know, people in the community might not be lucky enough to receive support from a charity like us 
or people who might have had some real barriers in their lives, you know that you need a special character to sort of take people on a journey. And that's Oliver's job. Oliver's a mentor, he's a supporter, he's someone who helps us to lead the most amazing projects. And we couldn't be prouder to have him in the team. Oh, that that is lovely. And, you know, every time I ever speak to Oliver, I feel like he's just bursting with pride to, to be a part of it. And I mean, Oliver can talk forever, to be honest, which is one of the things I love about him. So I was able to um, sit down and have a chat with him. So this is what he had to say. My job is a sports inclusion assistant. So I get to try to get people involved in store or could be activities for them to use here it's, here it's like accessible but um, I guess it encourage people to do like like let's have a talk or we should get you involved in one of our sessions and what it means about, for me is just being that kind of person what, what I am today it makes the community better. How important do you think it really is that, you know, you're kind of a poster boy for the Rugby League World Cup and that, yeah. that people from the learning disability community and, and the wider community get to see someone like you doing amazing things for the World Cup? Yeah. You know, could, could you summarise how important that is? So it's really important to me. It feels for me to to speak to people and say, this is community integrated care. This is the most important for you guys to to see what we have in store. It's been great for me to go around people and to different events. Curtis, as the sports inclusion specialist for the Northwest at Community Integrated Care, you've been a big part of Oliver's development, haven't you? And just before the World Cup, you both got invited on a pretty special day out. So tell me about that. Oliver had been invited down to close the London Stock Exchange because it was to mark the one year until the Rugby League World Cup final. You know, Sean Wayne was down there, coach of England. You know, Martin Fire down there. Lots of you know icons of the game. We had Oliver. Oliver was centre stage. And there was a big screen of the countdown, and there's a guy next to me giving me this plaque. And then there was a countdown going three, two, one, plaque down. And it's all the all the markets down. And I've done that. All the people were clapping, going, yeah, doing all that. <laughs> It's been, it's been really great. Oliver, I mean, he can talk forever and he's just bursting with pride about how much he loves being a part of all of this. And, and listening to all of that, John, and, and thinking about inclusion, when you first launched this initiative, could you ever have imagined how much impact the inclusive volunteering programme would have had on people's lives and how it might pave the way in terms of how big events in the UK would include people of all abilities? I think we always knew it would be a really, really special programme. I think the bit you can never, ever anticipate is just quite how big something becomes and quite how many opportunities you're creating. So, you know, we initially we were going to be working with 250 people. I think towards the end of the programme, it's been closer to 400. And it's been amazing, but you could never have anticipated genuinely just the extent of the opportunities 
I think I'm really lucky to be part of a charity that's got a really strong mission. So the thing that we're asked to deliver as a charity is the best life possible for people. And that might sound like a normal statement, but it's not. The best life possible is a really high bar. And that absolutely stretches you to imagine new possibilities. Like our job isn't about looking after people. Our job is about supporting people to fulfill their greatest potential. And I think when you've got that type of strategy, that type of mission, you need game-changing opportunities and the chance to be connected with a massive event is absolutely huge. And I think all these big moments that society's got a stake in, we need to be actively conscious of who are we including in them, how are we directing the benefits of these brilliant opportunities that we're creating. Because one of the real moments of sadness I experienced in the care sector is there's these moments that galvanise society and everyone's part of. But actually, often people who require care and support aren't considered or aren't included in those moments. Everything from whether you can get an accessible ticket for a concert, right through to whether there's a taxi in your local community that's able to pick you up. Mm. You see how unequal society can be and you can see how many barriers are in people's lives. And actually, if we can unlock things like major events, platform you're giving people is incredible. And you know, for us, if, if, if we can be a part in supporting events organisers to consider new ways to include people. We've gone a long way to making the best life possible mission a reality. Yeah, too right. And thanks so much for your time, John. It's been amazing listening to you, actually, because you've obviously got a vision for the charity and a strong desire to deliver the best lives possible to everybody involved. And it's been amazing to hear from some of the volunteers and contributors of the Inclusive Volunteering Programme throughout episode one. But there's still so much more to come, isn't there? So episode two is next and it's a world of creativity. not like a disability or anything it's like a superpower that they're still trying to learn when you're creative it's like somehow you're more sensitive to the world around you